out of you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 13 and verse number 6. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss all of our Sunday school students to their classes. Amen. We love our Sunday school students, and I'm glad for all those that were able to brave the weather. And the Rodriguez is going out and braving the weather to get some kids and bring them to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. As you're turning to Acts chapter 13, amen. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody uh, got a lot to eat and uh, lots of leftovers to keep in your freezer for the next two years. Hallelujah. I want to say a, a special thank you uh, to uh, Brother Machado. He, he, he may be able to hear me from here, but he, whether you knew it or not, that while we were praying and having church, he was in the back fixing a pipe that has been leaking, and uh, he's been working on it since yesterday. And he, he said, I just felt to get up at 3 this morning, and I was thinking about the making sure it was fixed. And there's Brother Machado. Let's all give him a hand. <laughs> Amen. We love you. But uh, he got up and he kind of fought it for about 30 minutes. He said, he said, I just had to go to the church. So he came by at 5 in the morning. And that leak had, had, had actually gotten worse and gone out to the, the back room. And we've had it flooding here before. But uh, thanks be to God and to the hard work of Brother Machado. He fixed it. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, thank you to all those that came and shoveled the walks and made sure that we didn't slip and die on our way into church. Teamwork makes the dream work. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 6. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 6. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for so he is called by interpretation, same guy, Bar-Jesus and Elimus, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believing, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. The Bible says, then Saul, who is also called Paul. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Meeting myself. Meeting myself. Would you set down your Bibles? And let's pray all across the building. Hallelujah. Come on. 
the presence of the Lord is already in this house. Hallelujah, Lord. You are already touching us. You are already speaking to us. And I pray, God, that this word would touch every heart, God, that today would be a day of conversion for somebody in this house. And, Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. And somebody said hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them God bless you. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Meeting myself. Acts chapter 9 is a famous, if not one of the most famous chapters in the New Testament. The reason behind that is because it, it shows the conversion or the saving of a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And this man, uh, to, to most probably uh, looking backwards, would say, why would there be an entire chapter devoted to his conversion? But you just have to be a student of the Bible for a short period of time to learn that it was this man who later wrote a majority of the New Testament. This was a man that God had called to be uh, anointed and to be an apostle uh, to the Gentiles. It was this man who was uh, going to preach the gospel and all of Asia was going to hear the word of God in the space of two and a half years. How many would like to have that kind of revival? Where God just shows up and, and, and all of a sudden an entire nation and several countries receive the word of God. But we've got to take a step back and understand the radical saving of a man by the name of Saul. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9 that this Saul was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And he went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if, any that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Can I just stop here for a moment and tell you that Saul was not looking to bring threatenings on any other way than this way. What way am I talking about here today? I'll tell you what way, the apostolic way. The one Lord, one faith, one baptism way. The one God, Jesus name. Come on, somebody. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this church, this kind of church. I, I'm not talking about the church down the road that doesn't even know what they believe, but I'm talking about Saul of Tarsus had a problem with the one God church that baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so it is in our world today, people got a problem with this way. They don't care if you go to church. They don't mind if you are religious. You can dress nice on Sunday, but don't let your life be changed and transformed. You just got to make sure that you believe whatever you want to believe, but don't dare believe the God of the Bible. Don't dare believe in the Jesus of the New Testament. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how many come against this way. There is only one way. 
You can't be saved any other way than being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. It was this way that they had a problem with. When you go to Acts chapter 3, and it was Peter and John who came to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a man at the gate, beautiful, that was lame from his mother's womb. And they said, silver and gold, we don't have any. Can I preach about this way? This way has got power. This way has got authority. This way has got anointing. You might be lame from your mother's womb. You might be busted and broken. But when you come in contact with the disciple of Jesus from this way, they took him up by the hand and the Bible says immediately his ankle bones begin to receive strength and he stood leaping up praising God that's this way that's this way and I want to tell you what they did to this way they came and the Bible says that they beat Peter and John they brutalized them and they commanded and they forbid them that they should speak in the name of of Jesus and I want to just stop for a moment and just pause and ask the question why would anybody want us to stop talking and speaking in the name of Jesus they said it wasn't by our power or our righteousness or our holiness that this man that you see is now made whole but it was by the power of the name of Jesus I want to tell you why they had a problem with this way because this way was the way that uses the name of Jesus amen to pray people that are sick back to life this way is the way that uses the name of Jesus to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And Peter would look back at them and said, we cannot forbid or we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, we've seen too much. We've experienced too much. Is there anybody in the house that God's been too good to you where you can't keep your mouth shut? you got to tell somebody. In fact, you got to tell everybody what good things the Lord's done for you. They said, we can't but help but speak these things. And then Peter would tell us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we could be saved, should be saved, whereby we must be saved. They had a problem with this way. They had a problem with this way. But I want to tell you that this way continues, that this church has not ceased and has not stopped. They tried to burn us. They tried to kill us. But, honey, we preached on Jesus' name. We did it anyways. They imprisoned us, but we came and praised God in prison. They tried to behead us, but we worshiped God to our last breath because we believe that there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. I just came to encourage somebody, unless you think uh, you stepped into a church on the other side of the tracks. Uh, no, honey, you stepped into the only church. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is only one way. Jesus didn't say there's many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. Oh, somebody magnify him and give him praise. They had a problem with this way. In fact, when you look back in history, 
The original name of the church was not the Christians. They were called the way. They were called the way, not the ways. Because they understood there's only one way. Amen. I want to tell somebody here today that's confused about how you can get saved. There is only one way. You don't enter. Jesus would put it this way. If any man come any other way, they try to climb up climb up through a window or break in somewhere. They are a thief and a robber. Huh? But there is only one door. And Jesus would say of himself, I am the door. There is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray for just a moment. You got to go through this way. What way? The watery grave way. The baptism in Jesus' name way. Uh, the one God way. Uh, the repentance way. Uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost way. They asked Peter in Acts chapter 2, what shall we do? When we come and confronted, we are confronted uh, with our own convictions uh, that we have done wrong. We have crucified our Savior. Uh, what shall we do? They were asking, uh, what do we got to do to be saved? Uh, and Peter didn't change the way. Uh, Peter didn't make up his own way. Uh, but Peter said, uh, you got to repent of your sins. Uh, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission, the washing away of your sins. Uh, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus. Jesus would put it this way to Nicodemus when he says, what do I got to do? He said, except a man is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want to tell you, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name today. If you've never had your sins washed away and your sins under the blood of Jesus, I wouldn't wait one more moment. I wouldn't wait one more week. Well, I've been religious my whole life. It doesn't matter. you got to go through this way. Paul, Saul is there. And he has come getting letters of the priests, getting authority of the Jewish people to kill every one of this way. Lest you start thinking that every other religious person is your friend. Look through history. Given the opportunity, they have, they have brutalized and killed one God people. We are given religious freedoms, and we're not here to bash anybody here today. But if it was given to them the power to do it, they'd do it all over again. Amen. I want to tell you, we didn't come to join no council of churches because there ain't a council of churches. There's one way. If you don't believe in one God, I've got news for you. There is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and here Saul is trying to destroy that. Paul would put it of himself in Galatians. He said, I, I, I wasted the church of God. I absolutely destroyed it. I wreaked havoc upon it because he was so zealous for his religion and his religious way. He was so zealous that he got something in his mind that I'm going to go and I'm going to find everyone that is preaching in his mind uh, this false doctrine, this false way, uh, and, and they're trying to proclaim that, that, that Jesus is God and in his religious mind uh, that's blasphemy, uh, that there's no way that God could become a man or God would be a man. But, but Saul, I got news for you. The Bible says that man was created in God's image. Uh, amen. I want 
you to know that this was in the mind of God uh, all the way back in Genesis uh, that God would become a man. Uh, Genesis 3.15, the Bible prophesies uh, that there's going to be a man come, uh, the seed of the woman, uh, and he's going to destroy every work of the devil. Uh, Can I tell you here today, Jesus Christ came that we might have life uh, and life more abundantly. Saul is thinking, I've got to destroy this. So he rides on his way to Damascus with letters of permission to kill, to maim, to destroy, to split families, to throw in prison, to bring them bound to Jerusalem, to bring them to trial or not even wait for a trial. It was there at Saul's feet they stoned Stephen, who was of this way. And the Bible says Saul was consenting. To his death. And on the road to Damascus, the Bible says a bright light shone from heaven. <laughs> Is anybody thankful for God showing up in the midst of we were on our way to hell. We were on our way messed up. Amen. Degenerate on our way to do the very worst things of life. But God shown his grace and his mercy on us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And here he is. He's, he's consented to death. He's murdered people. He's split families up. And then he's on his way to do more harm to the church. And God stops him in his track. The Damascus Road experience where Jesus is speaking to him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And here's a man who is a He is a Pharisee of the Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, circumcised the eighth day, uh, memorized the first five books of the Bible, uh, should know God more than anybody else. uh, And he looks up and says, who uh, are you, uh, Lord? Uh, Can I just tell you, there's a lot of people in our world uh, that have been religious their whole life, uh, but they've never had an encounter with God. They've never had an experience with God. And if there's ever been an hour where people need to come and encounter Jesus. It's in the 2019 era. Oh, somebody magnify him. Religion can't do it. Memorization can't do it. Dogma and doctrines can't do it. You've got to have an experience. You've got to have an encounter with Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray all across the building for just a moment. Come on. That's going to happen for somebody today. You think you just walked into church to go through another religious activity, but you came into this way, and you're not going to leave the same way. You came into this way, and you're not walking out the same way. You're going to be changed and transformed. Why are you persecuting me? He says, who are you, Lord? And the Bible says, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. That's an old way of saying you are hurting yourself by fighting me. Can I just help somebody here today? Every time that you are fighting what God is trying to do in your life, it's not hurting God. It's not hurting your neighbor. 
it's not hurting your friends. The, that when we, when we are fighting against God, the only person that's suffering is us. Can I help you here today? The best thing you could ever do, friend, is let down your guard. Let down your defenses. Stop fighting God. Put your sword down and say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever you want to do in my kid's life, whatever you want to do in my family, I'm available for it. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? The Bible says that light blinded him. And he was blind, not seeing where he went. He was led by the hand. The Bible says those that were with him, they only heard a voice, but they didn't see anybody with him. And the Bible says that Jesus told him to look for one by the name of Ananias, and he shall tell you what you ought to do. For those who would say, well, I don't need I don't need a pastor, I don't need a church, and I don't need a preacher. I just got Jesus. I want you to know that even Jesus, when he had the opportunity to explain the gospel, he said, you're going to go find a preacher. You got to go to church. Well, I'll go to church Christmas and Easter. I want you to know that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you're going to go find a preacher, and that preacher's going to tell you what you got to do. And can you believe what that preacher did? He didn't change the way. The very way that Saul was trying to persecute. Uh, the Bible says, he said, Brother Saul, he goes, I, 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 God was speaking to me the other day about you, and I wasn't sure that you were ready uh, for this, but you came to my doorstep. Uh, you walked into church here today, uh, and the Bible says he laid hands on him. Uh, the scales fell off his eyes, uh, and Saul received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he was filled with the Spirit of God. And would you believe it, this man who at one point tried to persecute the church, tried to lay the church to waste, he went out and started preaching about this Jesus. Can I tell you, when you encounter God, it's so powerful, it will change you all the way. He began to preach and tell everybody that he could. He began to tell the Gentiles. He began to find all, all the people that he could to tell them about Jesus. There was people that when he showed up to church, they started thinking, that's the man that split our family apart. That's the man that had so-and-so killed. And they didn't want to forgive. But can I tell you where he went to church? He went to church in Antioch. And the Bible says they were called Christians first at Antioch. Can I tell you when you learn how to forgive somebody? I didn't get come to preach this, but I might as well. When you learn how to forgive those that have hurt you that's when God says you're truly a Christian that's when God can say you got it you got it you got it he goes by and preaches teaches gets revelation of God and then he goes all the way to Cyprus he comes he goes beyond Antioch goes to some of these other areas and there he encounters a sorcerer by the name of Bar-Jesus. And Bar-Jesus has some thoughts about this way. They went for a specific purpose. Somebody called him and said, can you please come share this way with me? Can you please come teach me a Bible study? Can you please come and show me the word of God? And Saul showed up with Barnabas and said, don't worry. We're coming to do this. We're coming to share the word of God with you. But there was another attitude. There was another spirit. Amen. His name was Bart Jesus. And the Bible says that he was looking to destroy this way. He was looking to destroy this 
this church. And Paul came in contact with him, and he understood this man is exactly what I was when God found me. This man's looking to change. He's looking to destroy the church. He's looking to subvert those from the faith. He's looking to completely pervert the way of God because he thinks his way's the right way. And Saul said, I know just what to do with this man because I've already been there myself. And the Bible says, he said, but Jesus, I tell you right now, you're going to be blind for a season. You know why I know that? Because I was blind for a season. I used to do what you do. I used to say what you say. I used to preach what you preach. I used to live how you live. But I want you to know that God's got his hand on you. And God is going to change your life. Come on, somebody. I've come to tell you that when God changes you, amen, he gives you an opportunity to meet people that are just like you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on, for just a moment, somebody pray. God saves us so God can send us. God saves us so he can send us to meet with somebody else. There Paul, Saul, recognizes. This is the first moment Saul of Tarsus recognizes what he was. And he calls a spade a spade. You're full of subtlety. You're withstanding the people of God, the plan of God. You're trying to subvert people from the faith. And he judges that in the spirit. And the Bible says, and Saul, who is called Paul. And I've come to help somebody here today. And I came to preach to somebody that there's got to be a moment in life, a moment in the altar, a moment in church where you come in contact with yourself. You've got to meet yourself to defeat yourself. You've got to meet yourself. You see, let me, let me preach it on this wise. Saul had been baptized in Jesus' name. Saul had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Saul had repented of all of his deeds. Saul had even gone as much as to go forth and preach the gospel to win people, to teach people. But it was not until this moment that Saul got a conversion from being Saul. And from this verse on, he has never called Saul again. It is Paul, the apostle. It is Paul the when you meet yourself, whether it be at an altar or whether it be in your closet of prayer at home, when you meet yourself and say, that's who I was, but that's not who I am, and you judge it in your spirit, God says, now you're changed. Now you're converted. Now your life is different. Lift up your hands. Come on. It's the moment when we overcome what we were. It's the moment when we say, I will not be, and I will not go back to what I was. I'm changed forever. I'm changed forever. That was me, but that's not me anymore. Come on, let's just pray for a few moments. Today is a conversion moment. 
Well, preacher, I've been saved for 30 years. Great. But let today be a conversion moment where they say, that's just, I just don't even recognize you anymore. That's just a completely different individual. Saul of Tarsus and Paul the Apostle, they don't even go together in the same sentence. Let it be said of every individual that meets themselves that they conquer. They conquer everything in front of them. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. This is not the only time this would happen. This happens throughout the Bible. It was Jacob, the liar, the cheat, the thief, and the heel grabber. <laughs> I know that's probably where some of us fit in. Hallelujah. Not the rest. They're sanctified and holy. But as for the rest of us, Hood's not a name. It's, a la it's not just a last name. It's a lifestyle. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know what it is. I know what it is to steal from stores. I know what it is to sell drugs in my middle school. No joke. There's a lot of things that we were. <laughs> I know what it is to be homeless. But some people would go, you? You? No. That, you probably had a nice house, a white picket fence, and a dog named Scruffy. No, I still don't have a dog. Praise God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She wants one. <laughs> but... It is in that people will look at your life and say, there's no way. Those two personalities, those two people, they don't come together. Huh? How is it you get Jacob, huh, who we hear about, and everything you read about Jacob, huh, he's slimy. He can, he's just a liar. He's always trying to connive people. He's always trying to trick people. And he's even trying to, he's trying to cheat the con. Huh? He's, trying to, he's trying to cheat out Laban, who's been a con artist huh, since he was a little boy. And, and he's doing everything he can, lying to his mother, lying to his father, his brother, whoever he can. He'll deceive or rob from anybody. And now he's a prince. He's a child of God. He's, a, he's got an entire nation named after him. Amen. He is all over. When you get through and you read about Israel, it's always, some, it's always blessings on Israel. It's always pray for the peace of Israel. It's always strength towards Israel. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. There came a moment of wrestling where Jacob was tired of running and tired of being what he was. And he said, God, I will not leave this moment moment until you bless me. I will not leave this moment until you change me. We need a conversion. We need a conversion. I'm not talking about just getting saved and sanctified and holy. No, there's got to come a moment of conversion where you say I'm no longer and I never will be that individual. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. We got to meet ourselves and we got to beat ourselves. Amen. The devil is not your biggest battle. The devil's not my biggest battle. And the devil's certainly in the church's biggest battle. I'll tell you where the battle is it's right, standing right there in front of the mirror every single day. That's the battle. All you need is the name of Jesus, and the devil's got to flee. I know people that, oh, the devil's attacking me. The devil's fighting me. No, he is not. Either you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't have the power of God on the inside to kick that devil out. Or it could be that you're scared of something you shouldn't be scared of. And you ought to just say, devil, if it really is you fighting me, get out of my house. Get out of my family. Come on, somebody. 
come on. But you know the biggest battle? God will save us. God will deliver us. God will set us free. You could come in this building and be hooked on drugs. We got some people that came to church hooked on drugs, and it was one altar call. Boom. Come on. Because this way is powerful. We have people that came in all sorts of messed up, and all it took was one altar call, and they were forever changed. But then there's this concept of conversion, not just converting to Christianity, conversion into Christ, where you have to be conformed to the image of his dear son. And you go and you try to fit into that mold, and you realize real quickly you just don't quite... Maybe it's just me. I, I go before and I go, well, maybe I'm ready. I've arrived. Where's my halo? And I realize, oh, no. But there's some conversion moments in life. Peter, or shall I call him Simon? Who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? Well, I'll be the first to talk. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Huh? You got a revelation that other people don't have, huh? and I want to tell you something about yourself. Huh? And I say unto you, uh, Simon, son of Jonas, uh, or Barjona, son of Jonah, I want you to know that you at one point were Simon, uh, the son of a failed man, uh, just like uh, the surname Jonah or Jonas. Uh, you are messed up. You are failed. Uh, but I say unto you, uh, thou art Peter. And what one revelation can do. One word from God can completely change your view of yourself. One word from God is all it takes to completely transform how you see yourself. I say you're Peter. And you watch the scriptures. It's Peter. And then it's Simon. And then it's Simon Peter. And he says that they're going to crucify me today. And he says, no, Lord. And he says, get behind me, Satan. I went from Peter to Satan real quick. I know that's, I know that's not the rest of y'all, but I've been there a few times. And here, he says, Lord, he says, today, you're going to betray me. Oh, not me. I'll never. I'll never betray you, Jesus. I'll never deny you. I'll, I'll even die with you. And yet, it's right there in your book. He denies him three times. Jesus dies. Unbeknownst to Peter, is rose again on the third day, just like he said. The one that said he'd die with him couldn't believe that he would actually get up. Sitting by the seashore fishing. Went back to the very thing God brought him out of. Come on, am I the only one that's ever lived there? He said, I go with fishing. Ain't nothing wrong with fishing, Brother Brian. But the fishing for him was going back to what he was called out of. I go back to the bar. I go back to the club. I go back to the bad relationships. I go, I go back to all these things. And Jesus is sitting on the seashore. And somebody said, it's the Lord. Something got inside of him. He dove off his boat. He wasn't even dressed right. He said, throw me my coat. 
You start denying Jesus, you start changing your convictions too. He gets to Jesus. Jesus has a conversation. Simon, I thought it was Peter. No, right now you're Simon. Simon, do you love me? Yeah. I love you. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Simon, do you love me? And he was grieved because he said to him the third time, Simon, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. got to go back to what Jesus told him after he fell. He says, you're going you're gonna to deny me. But when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And from that day forward, you never hear him called Simon again. It's Peter. He got to confront himself. The greatest gift anybody could ever be given outside of the Holy Ghost is an opportunity to confront themselves with the hand of God on their life. And God can forever say, today is your day of conversion. I'm done preaching. Would you lift up your hands? I know we got some Simons. We got some Sauls. We got some Jacobs. We got some Simon Peters. Saul Pauls. We got people in the in-between. You've been walking with God, serving God. You may or may not have denied God, but you're in the in-between. And I've come to tell you today's an opportunity for you to be converted. Come on, somebody pray all across this building. Come on, don't hide from what you are or what you've been. Don't try to just cover it up and and. Get a masquerade going or a facade. Today's the day you look it straight in the mirror and say, that's what I've been. That's who I've been. But no more. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Come to this altar with the intent. I'm going to meet myself. And I'm going to be converted. I'm going to be converted. I'm going to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Today, I'm no longer going to be Simon. I'm going to be Peter. I'm not going to be Saul. I'm going to be Paul. From this day forward, I'm not Jacob. I'm Israel. Come on, would you pray? Would you pray all across this house? God has brought you in this building for a reason. He wants to save you so you can come into this way. But it's not just at the saving so you can go to heaven. It's at the converting and the changing of oneself to what God has designed you to be. Come on, let this be a personal moment for you. Let this be a personal moment for you in this altar. I'm going to meet myself, and God, you're going to convert me from this day forward. Somebody pray. It takes one conversation with Jesus, Simon. 
All it takes is one conversation with Jesus, Simon. And you go to becoming Peter, the one that preaches Pentecost. No longer a cussing fisherman. No longer associated with denying and lying and all these other things. But now a preacher.